0: And we are finishing up a series called Battleborn, and I'm going to get right to it. Uh, I understand most people this morning are going to come back tonight, I hope. If you want to go to heaven, you're going to come back tonight <laughs> to, for our celebration. And so I don't, want to, I don't want to hold you too long. I want to get you out of here uh, quickly so that you can uh, get some rest and then uh, be back tonight. So um, I'm teasing, kind of, but uh, I'm teasing. but. Um, So, we're going to go right to God's word. This is the last installment of our series. And uh, boy, I feel this one in my bones. And so, uh, forgive me uh, in advance for uh, my uh, emotion. It's all coming out today, all right? Because I'm excited. 1 Samuel chapter 17. All the messages, by the way, if you want to catch up, all of them are on YouTube, all of them are on our podcast. They're all free. We don't sell CDs, we don't sell uh, product. Everything is for free online. And so you can download this and watch this from your smartphone or from your computer, whatever. Goliath walked out toward David with a shield bearer ahead of him, sneering in contempt at the ruddy faced boy. Am I a dog? He roared at David. That you come at me with a stick? He cursed David by the names of his gods. Come over here and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals, Goliath yelled. David replied. David replied. Everyone say, reverse the curse. Come on, say it with a little more energy. Come on, reverse the curse. David David replied to the Philistine, you come at me with sword, spear, and javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Today the Lord will conquer you. And I will kill you and cut your head off. Dang It's like Game of Thrones action right here. This is like rated R. And then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds of the wild, animals. Oh my. And the the whole world will know that, that there is a God in Israel. And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with the sword and spear. This is the Lord's battle and he will give you to us. As Goliath moved closer to attack, David quickly ran out to meet him. Reaching into a shepherd's bag, And taking one stone, he hurled it with his sling and hit the Philistine in the forehead. The stone sank in and Goliath stumbled and fell down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with only a sling and a stone, for he had no sword. Then David ran over and pulled Goliath's sword from its sheath. David used it to kill him and cut off his head. Wow. Wow verse 30 uh, excuse me Matthew chapter 27 verse 33 they came to a place called Golgotha which means the place of the skull came to a place called Golgotha which means the place of the skull i want to preach from the subject a radical faith a radical faith we are a faith church we're a faith church uh, it is our DNA. We, we are a people of faith. We're not a white church. We're a faith church. We're not a black church. We're a faith church. We're not a Hispanic church. We're a faith church. We're not an Asian church. We're a faith church. And we believe that faith in God can change everything. The Bible says we overcome the world by our faith. And we believe that our faith can change any life, can change any future can change any family in jesus name and today i want to talk about a radical faith father thank you for this moment i pray holy spirit you speak now by the power of your word by the power of the holy spirit anoint these moments that we have together we invite you to speak we're listening we're attentive we're leaning in and we believe that one word from god can change our lives so speak holy spirit we're ready in jesus name and everyone said amen Amen. and amen and amen and amen, a radical faith. Let me just give you three points quickly and we'll, get, we'll jump right into this. Number one, faith knows this is God's fight. Faith knows this is God's fight. David said, verse 47, this is the Lord's battle. And I just want you to know that the fight that you're in is the Lord's battle. I reminded you on week one and two that we don't choose our fights, that most of the time we don't choose Goliath but Goliath chooses us that we uh, many times walk into situations that were unplanned we didn't pray for them we didn't expect them but here we are in a battle and I told you that though we don't choose our fights we're going to have to choose to fight and I want to tell you today that even if you're in a fight I want you to know that you're not in this fight alone this is the Lord's battle. I want you to know today that you are not in this thing alone. You're not praying in this thing alone. You're not, you're not worshiping in this thing alone. And by the way, I'm not just talking about God. Not only is God with you, we're with you. And we're going to see you through this thing. And I just declare in the name of Jesus, you're not going to die in this valley. You're not going to quit in this valley. We're going to hold you up. We're going to hold your arms. We're going to pray you through. We're going to believe God with you that even while you're in the valley of the shadow of death, you don't have to fear because God is with you. And not only is God with you, City Lights with you. Come on. Can you say amen, everybody? Clap your hands if you believe that today. We are a church family and we love you dearly. This is the Lord's battle. See, Goliath made a huge mistake. It was his biggest mistake. Goliath's biggest mistake is that he touched God's people. Because the moment he messed with God's people, he messed with God. (laughs) And I don't know if you know this about God, but God doesn't lose fights. Defeat is not in his nature. He's undefeated. He has a better record than Floyd Money Mayweather. God has never lost the battle, God has never failed, and he's not going to start with you. I'm just telling you right now that in the name of Jesus, the fact that you're in the fight, you got to know this, God is in the fight with you. Look at this in Acts chapter nine, verse four. The Bible says that Saul went to persecute the church, Saul who would become the apostle Paul. Saul is on a journey to persecute the church. And while he's going to persecute the church, Jesus shows up in his glory. And he says, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Saul says, I don't even know who you are. Jesus had already been raised from the dead and had already ascended into heaven. But Saul was persecuting the body of Christ. And if you mess with the body of Christ, you mess with the head of Christ. (laughs) If you touch God's people, you touch God. If you touch the church, you touch the head of the church. Jesus did not say, why are you persecuting the church? Jesus did not say, why are you persecuting my friends, Peter, James, and John? Jesus did not say, why are you persecuting the apostles or the disciples? No, he said, you are persecuting me. Because when you go after my people, you go after me. And when you go after my people, I take it personally. And I just want you to know today that if you feel like you're under attack, I've got really good news for you. God takes it personal, and God is going to see you through this thing in the name of Jesus. This is the Lord's battle. Jesus takes it personally. He said in Deuteronomy chapter 28 that if the enemy comes at you in one direction, he's going to have to flee in seven directions. Yes. I want, you to, I, want to, I want you to know today that your battle does not last forever, that the attack will not go on forever, that even if you feel like you're in a dark moment right now, I promise you joy is coming in the morning, that there is a breakthrough because our God is the God of light and God will not let you stay in the dark night of your soul forever. You are moving out of the valley of the shadow of death. You're about to eat at a table right in the presence of your enemies. God is going to anoint your head with oil Come on, and you're about to see the goodness and the mercy of God in your life. The fight don't last forever. This is the Lord's battle. And I just want to tell somebody today who you might feel like you're in a in a battle because of a mistake you made. I just want you to know the battle doesn't prove you've sinned. The battle doesn't prove God's left you. The battle doesn't prove God's forsaken you. The battle doesn't prove that you've made some huge mistake and that's where you are where you are. Friend, I'm telling you, the devil is after your soul and he's trying to to discourage you and he's trying to get you to stop right in the fight. But you can move forward in Jesus' name. God's with you. God is with David and God is with you. And that giant's falling in Jesus' name. I I just I need to tell somebody, please don't quit. If you don't quit, you win. Don't quit. We're not gonna let you quit. We're gonna bring you into your victory kicking and screaming if we have to. But you're gonna win because we love you. And we're for you, and so is God. Number two, faith reverses the curse. Faith reverses The curse, verse 43 says this, and he cursed David by the names of his God. Come over here and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals, Goliath yelled, he yelled. You can always tell a false prophet by their volume. (laughs) They gotta make up for a lack of anointing with emotion. (laughs) The curse that Goliath spoke over David was that he was going to kill him. That was the curse. Goliath didn't cuss him out and then say, and I'm going to kill you. Goliath wasn't, you know, using profanity and then say, and I'm going to kill you. Goliath cursed David. In other words, in in the authority that I have in my gods, I'm going to kill you and I'm going to feed your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. Your giant is a speaking giant and you're going to have to be a speaking people you're going to have to learn how to talk back to the enemy. You're going to see if the, if the enemy can keep you in the words that he's speaking over you, then you're never going to inherit all that God has for you. But you got to know this today that the devil's a liar. And so is his mother-in-law. And he's, I don't know if he has one, but you know, it's good for preaching. He's He's, he's trying to stop you before you ever even go out into battle. He's trying, to give you, he's trying to get you to give up before you ever do anything. So he's speaking a negative word, a false prophecy over your life that he's hoping you believe. But listen, it's only a truth if you believe it. Look what the Bible says. Jesus ex- ex- describes Satan in John 8. When he lies, he speaks. Hello. Every time the devil talks... It's a lie. The only power that the enemy has over us is the power of deception. And he speaks out of his own character for he is a liar and the father of lies. Okay, now now, track with me for a second. Goliath says, I'm gonna kill you. Goliath says, today you're gonna die. The victorious Christian is the Christian who knows how to talk back to the devil. David talks back to Goliath. And I and I love how he does it because it's kind of immature. It's kind of it's like he's a teenager. Verse forty seven. No, this is the Lord's battle, and uh, he's he, and he's going to give you to us. I'm rubber, you're glue. Whatever you say is going to bounce off of me. It's going to stick to you. It's kind of childlike. But didn't Jesus say to inherit the kingdom, you're going to have to be like a child. It's going to take childlike faith. It's going to take a radical faith in an awesome God to do something that you cannot do on your own. Da- David says, oh, you're going to kill me? Well, no, 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 I'm going to kill you. Notice that what the enemy is saying about David was actually the destiny of Goliath. Sorry, I'm moving my head. I'm getting too excited. I'm trying to contain myself. Goliath says, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to feed, I'm going to feed you to the birds. But that's exactly what happened to Goliath. Because did you notice that Goliath speaks out of his own character? He speaks out of the core of who he is. The enemy speaks out of the core of who, of who he is. Every time the enemy predicts something over you, he's actually predicting it over himself. You're not loved. Yes, I am. Devil, you're the one who's not loved. You've made too many mistakes. No, 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 no. The blood of Jesus covers me. You've made too many mistakes, buddy. You're condemned. God's given up on you. Oh, no, no, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ, but I know where you're going. He speaks out of his own character, he speaks out of his own experience, and he tries to get you to believe the same thing about yourself. So you must reject the curse and reverse the curse by declaring God's word. You speak back to the enemy and you say, No, 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 I'm not going to die. You're going to die. No, 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 I'm loved by God. No, I'm a child of God. No, God's got me covered. No, I'm gonna make it. No, I'm moving forward. No, God has a plan for my life. And so every time the enemy talks to you, you can always know that it's a lie and you can always reject it and you can always go to God's word and God's word. See, the Bible says about God that God knows the end from the beginning. It doesn't say the devil does. The devil doesn't know your future. The devil predicts your future and hopes you believe his words. He's guessing and he's hoping you'll believe his guessing game. But when God says something about your future, he already sees it. So you can trust it. God never guesses. God has never said, I wonder. He knows. And when God declares something about your future, it's because it's already settled in heaven. And so all you got to do is believe it. And all you have to do is reject the lies of the enemy. So every time that fear comes, every time that condemnation comes, every time that curse tries to get spoken over your life, you can reject that thing and reverse it by the words of your mouth. But you're going to have to get a little attitude. You're going to have to talk back to the devil. Come on, somebody. That's why, that's why it's sitting like, I know I'm a lot. You know, I, I just, I know I'm a lot. I get it. And, you know, I'm like, come on, let's sing. Come on, shout. Come on keep clapping, come on, ah, you know, and it's like, but I'm actually trying to get you to experience the power of it so that you'll do it in your car, so that you'll do it at your house. I'm trying to get you to a, a place of worship in here so that you'll feel the presence of God, so you'll go take it home so that you'll learn to, to cultivate the presence of the Lord in your home, in your car, at your workplace, wherever you are, that, that you can that you don't have to leave this, you don't have to leave God here on a Sunday. <laughs> Come on, but he wants to go with you and everything you're doing in here, you can do out there as well and you can bring heaven to your earth, you can bring heaven to your address, you can bring heaven to your workplace, you can bring heaven to your family. Um, so, so I'm always trying to get you to a level of experience, not because we live by experience, but because I'm trying to get you to taste and see that the Lord is good so that then you can bring that goodness out into your world. Can you say amen to that? So. My faith is reversing the curse And I don't know what's been spoken over you I don't know what an ex said about you I don't know what dad or mom said about you I don't know what a step parent has said about you I don't know what a grandma or grandpa has said about you I don't know what a teacher in school said about you I don't know what a former pastor said about you But I'm telling you in the name of Jesus You do not have to be defined by the words of people that never knew you anyway In the name of the Lord you can reverse the curse Don't let a word that was spoken over you in your past Don't let it become the very compass of your soul that dictates the rest of your future. Come on, God is greater than that. You are better than that. And don't be limited by small thinking, don't be limited by small words, don't be limited by what people have said about you. In the name of the Lord, get a word from God and live right there. My faith is reversing the curse. My faith is reversing the things that have been said about me. My faith is reversing the things the devil spoken over me. And frankly, my faith is reversing the things I've said about myself. I am who God says I am. And I'm going to get everything God has for me. Because i got a radical faith. Number three, faith knows we fight from victory, not for victory. Faith knows we fight from victory, not victory for victory. When, when David was telling um, Saul that he wanted to go fight Goliath, Saul said, there's no way you can do it. There's, there's no possibility of victory. And David said, well, actually, this is verse 37. David said, actually, I've actually fought the lion and I fought a bear and, uh, and, and the same thing God did for me then he's going to do for me now. You you have to be able to look back at past victories and bring them into your present reality. But not only that, David knew he was the underdog with the lion. Like like if you fight a lion, you're the underdog. Some of y'all only seen lions on TV. You see a lion in real life, you're the underdog. My wife and I went to South Africa, and while we were on the safari, there's still signs that say "Don't get out of your car." Lions are dangerous. In like multiple languages, and I told the driver, I said, "Who's stupid enough to get out of this thing?" He goes, "A lot of people." (laughs) Because you see them on TV, and you think, "Oh, it's just a big cat." Until you're lion lunch. (laughs) Listen, you fight a lion, you're the underdog. You fight a bear, you're. Bears can move fast, y'all. I'm outrun a bear. You can't outrun a bear. I learned this on the Discovery Channel. Amen. I'm an expert. I'm an expert. I, I, have a, I have an honorary doctorate in Discovery Channel stuff. Amen. Don't climb a tree. They'll get, they'll get you up there too. Amen. All right. I'm a watch survivor, man. Anyway, my, my point is David was always the underdog. So being the underdog to Goliath was, was nothing new to him. But he also knew the Lord rescued him from the claw of the lion and the bear that his victories only came from God anyway so if if God has already done this in his life it's probably a clear picture of what God's about to do in his life so if i was the underdog in past experiences and God got me through and i'm the underdog in this experience i'm going to believe that i'm going to i'm going to get the victory again because it was never me yeah it was always God. And now that you're facing a new battle, you have the same God and God's gonna see you through again. I know it's bigger than you. It's not bigger than God and God is going to sustain you. God is gonna bring you through to the other side. God is going to give you the victory. Why? Because you're not fighting for victory. You're fighting from victory because when Jesus said on the cross of Calvary, it is finished, friend, it's finished. Not it's almost finished. Not all do 90%, y'all do 10%. No, it's done. And now you rest in that and you fight from that place. The Bible says we fight the good fight of faith. What's a good fight? A fight you win. You know what's a better fight? A fight that's fixed. We're in a fixed fight. I said, we're in a fixed I don't know if you've ever read the last page of the book. We're in a fixed fight. We win. All we do is win. Oh, man, I feel like okay, I got to move on. I don't even listen to that kind of music. I listen to praise and worship. What are y'all talking about? Why are y'all laughing? How do you even know what I'm talking about? Oh, okay. <laughs> we always win. Thanks be unto God who always causes us to the triumph in his name. Okay. So Romans 8.32, my favorite scripture in the Bible. Since he did not spare his son, since the Father gave us Jesus. Can I say it that way? Since he gave us Jesus, won't he give us everything else? Think about that. Well, the answer is yes, by the way. Verse 33 doesn't say no. (laughs) Okay. When the father began a relationship with you, he started with his best. So on August 4th, 2006, Norman Chambers, who is here, by the way, my father-in-law is here. I don't know where he is, but I'll call him my father-in-love. My mother-in-love are here, but my in-laws are here. They're here to celebrate our our one year. So uh, on on August 4th, 2006, Norman Chambers walked Shannon Chambers down the aisle. And the preacher said, who gives this woman to be married to this man? And he said, I do. And then I did, (laughs) And on that day, he gave me the greatest thing he could give me. Not a vehicle, not money, not a house, not property. He gave me his flesh and blood. He gave me his child. He gave me the greatest thing he could give me, his baby. So fast forward Christmas Eve this year. We had six services here over the weekend. We landed. We got to the house um, uh, las lunas new mexico we walk in the house and we say hello to everybody hey how's it going merry christmas we do our we do our pleasantries and i kind of i kind of do a wave but i never stop moving you know hey how are you doing and i walk to the kitchen amen and i go straight to the i'm hugging people but i'm moving you know what i'm saying it's like don't get in my way and I go to the kitchen, and I'm and I'm hungry, and, and I and I get the turkey, and I get and I get a coke, and I get the rolls, and but we're Mexicans, so then I get the tamales, and I get the tortillas, and I get the pozole, and I could just hear my dad right now, just so angry. Ay, mijo, it's a tortilla, not tortilla. It's pozole, not pozole. Ay, it's a tamal. But anyway, I digress. So, uh, so I get all the food right, and I'm eating, and I never ask permission. I never went in the living room with a Coke and said, hey, Norm, uh, is this okay? Can I have? I'll pay you back. Are you, are you cool? I never asked. Because I figured if he gave me his child, I don't think he's tripping over a Coca-Cola. <laughs> if he gave me his baby his youngest. If he gave me his, I don't think he's tripping over some turkey. Can you look at your neighbor and say, don't trip over the turkey. Tell him that. Tell him that. Don't trip over the turkey. Don't trip over. The, can, can I tell you, friend, God isn't tripping over turkey. <laughs> I said the father isn't tripping over turkey. If the father gave you Jesus, can he not help you with this battle against this Goliath? If the Father gave you Jesus, Can he not provide for your needs? If the Father gave you Jesus Can he not heal a relationship? If the Father gave you Jesus Can He not prosper your finances? If the Father gave you Jesus Can He not restore a marriage? If the Father gave you Jesus Can he not give you a God idea for your business? If the Father gave you Jesus Can He not heal your body? He already gave you his best I don't think he's tripping over turkey Come on, receive it. He loves you. He went all in on Jesus. Come on up. He went all in on Jesus, so he's not He's not worried about your Goliath. You are he's not. You're going to have to get that childlike faith to just go to the fridge and get what you need. So David does something interesting. He kills Goliath, and um, he cuts his head off. It's like, ooh, <laughs> it's a little over the top. I <laughs> <No> mean, <much. laughs> it just is. You know what I mean? We read it, and it's like nothing. But I mean, you just think about it for a second, and then. <laughs> 1 Samuel 17, 54 says something crazy. If, you, if you'll read the whole chapter, and I encourage you to even this week, read the whole chapter. Ch- uh, chapter 17, verse 54 says, David got the head and took it to Jerusalem. Um, yeah. <laughs> now, Jerusalem was not God's city yet. J- Jerusalem was still uh, occupied by the Jebusites. It was It was... It was God's promise, but it was still occupied by enemies. That's a whole other sermon. And David knew that was his city. And war culture, uh, history will tell you that what they would have done back in this day is they would have have gotten the head of Goliath. Now you gotta think of this. I mean, the dude's nine foot tall, the head's this big. He, He gets his head and war culture would have been that they would have placed that head on a stick, on a giant pole, on a tree. On a tree. He would have placed that on his head, or on that pole, and then David would have walked Jerusalem. He <laughs> just imagines he's a little six year old. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> People are cowering. Da- David's letting the whole world know there is a God in Israel. And the Jebusites are going, OMG. Don't mess with that little teenager. Homeboys, gangster. Like, this is for real. David's just walking around. And then David would have found a hill, a high place, to let everybody know that there was a God in Israel. Because this was a miracle victory. So he found a hill. And it would have probably been a hill that they would have used on many times to show the heads of their enemies. It would have been a violent scene for sure. But on this day, David named the hill. And Jewish history tells us Goliath was from Gath. Goliath of Gath. Goliath, Goliath from Gath. Gotha the place of the skull on that day David took the head of the enemy and he placed the tree on the hill and everybody saw God delivers his people on a hill right outside of Jerusalem called Galgatha. And then you fast forward about 500 years. And on that same hill called Galgotha, another man hung on a stick. Another man hung on a tree. But, but did you notice that the first man who hung on the stick was the enemy of God? The second man who hung on the stick became the enemy so that the enemy could go free he who knew no sin second corinthians chapter 5 verse 21 became sin that we might become the righteousness of god in christ cursed is Any man, Galatians 3.13, who hangs on a tree, Christ was cursed for us that we might receive the blessing of Abraham. It should have been me on that pole and it should have been you on that pole. and It should have been us on that cross. But Jesus took our place. And let me tell you when it began. Let me tell you, let me tell you what happened. Oh man, Goliath screwed up. Goliath screwed up so bad. I'm sorry if that offends you. He messed up, he messed up. Chapter 17, verse 10, Goliath says, give me a man that I may fight him. And God says, homie, you want a man? I'll give you a man. Devil, you want a man? I'll give you. You went after my first man, Adam. I'll give you a second man. I'll give you a second Adam. He will teach, but he's greater than any teacher. He will prophesy, but he's greater than any prophet. He'll heal, but he's greater than any healer. He'll deliver, but he's greater than any deliverer. He'll cast out devils, but he's more than an exorcist. Right. I'll give you a man, but he won't just be a man. He'll be a God. Man, he'll be fully God and he'll be fully man. And when that man goes on that tree, on that hill called Galgotha, the whole world, will know that there is a God who delivers his people. And so today, we look at the cross in the same way that David would have looked at history. One more interesting fact. David, uh, after he cuts his head off, he strips him. I think two reasons. First of all, you know, the birds weren't going to get through that armor. He's going to make sure this dude was eaten. <laughs> but the Bible says he got, Donnie got his uh, armor. He got glass armor and he took it back to his house. Souvenir. You know, you need faith souvenirs. You know, you need little moments that you can look back on when you're going through hell and go, "God, you got me through that." And I think when David was in his darkest moments, his most maybe maybe the day he lost his baby, in Second Samuel, maybe the day he found out his own son turned on his own daughter, maybe the day he found out that Adonijah was taking the kingdom right from his own son, I don't know what days it was. David had some very dark days, and I think David, every once in a while, just had to walk into his own closet and look at that armor of a nine-foot giant and go, God, you got me through it. And you're gonna get me through this too. Goliath was my first giant, not my last. But I'll always remember, God, That if you could do that for me, you're going to do this for me. It's a radical faith. And so now every time I fight, I fight from victory, not for victory. Because I've dealt with lions and I've dealt with bears and I've dealt with Judas's and I've dealt with Jezebel's and I've dealt with pain and I've dealt with misunderstanding and I've dealt with disappointment and I've dealt with so much, but God has seemingly always sustained me. And every time I was in the valley of the shadow of death, God made a table for me in the presence of my enemies. He anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. And if God got me through, he's going to get me through this one too. Don't give up, please. Not yet. Don't give up. Father, release your faith on your people now. Help us to believe. I pray for the believer and the unbeliever alike. I pray for the childlike faith, and I pray for the skeptic. I pray in every journey we're currently on. Holy Spirit, infuse our soul with faith. We remember what you've done and we know that you're about to do some amazing things in our life. So we place our radical faith in an amazing, awesome God.